Good morning. Good morning. I went to sleep late. I'm tired. I did too, but I'm not tired. I'm good for now. Until I need a nap at like 10. Uh, this topic is spicy and I have a lot of hesitation this morning to this, but that's okay. Can't say I feel the same. Yeah. I had a feeling we were going to talk about this today. Did you? Yeah. Why do you say that? Because it just seemed like the natural progression next podcast. And based off our list of topics, we're running out of topics. Topics that we had said, hey, let's just jump into. We chose like 10 topics. We're like, let's start with these. And today is infidelity. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, similar to the last podcast, you may or may not want your kids to listen to this. So throw on some headphones or listen on your private time. And that is as far as the warning is, it's going to go. So take me back to the very beginning. I mean, it started in Edinburgh, Indiana. That's the very beginning. <laughs> Which, was that the beginning we were talking about? I guess. I mean, we met in Edinburgh, Indiana. We were training to go on a deployment to Afghanistan. And very quickly, we started talking and things got serious fast. We got deployed to Afghanistan. And I would say, well, we were out there. You know, the ratio of men to women are very lopsided. Way more men than women. If I had to say, it's usually like a woman to every 10 men. So it's kind of like scavengers, hungry, hungry scavengers, predators, <laughs> preying on women. Um, and I say this in the lightest terms, but sometimes it's, it's not fun. But, you know, you're not supposed to have sex or have, you know, sexual relations with people in these environments. And. Now people are being deprived of that. And then you stick us middle of a foreign country. And next thing you know, like everybody's just fucking their neighbor. But anyway, uh, because of that, I think that there was a lot of, I don't know, maybe you want to speak on how you felt. But for me, like I, I felt like you were very jealous of any interactions I was having with any other males. Um always thinking that something was going on <laughs> and maybe i'm wrong i don't know where were you at that time yeah i i um i experienced a lot of uh trauma in in this department uh a lot of my all of my relationships it um ended ended by the woman and it ended by her cheating on me i didn't know it was every single one everyone that yeah that i was in a relationship with yeah i didn't know that you know i i take that back 
wasn't you? That wasn't me. And so, as I, I didn't have much of a healthy relationship to go off and what that looks like. And I also was very traumatized by my, my prior relationships doing no work. So I never witnessed, you know, people uh, in relationship after having a sexual relationship. Uh, I say all this for a few reasons, but, and then also just, yeah, there was a jealousy factor of like, that this might go, you know, like I was scared that, that it wasn't gonna, it was gonna pan out every other way. But I had to say the first time we had a bit of an argument about this was a month into us knowing each other. And it was when you went back to San Diego and you met up with an ex or she picked you up from the airport, whatever it was. And I just remembered because you used to make such a big deal about me talking to anyone from my past. And then you went back home and had that person pick you up from the airport. And I'm like, hold on. I was like, so this is a one-way highway. I was like, so I can't do these things, but you can. And I remember we had an argument and it wasn't, I never thought he actually did anything, but at the time it was, you know, it was just immaturity. It was pettiness. And it was just like, well, I can't do it. You can't either kind of argument for me. Uh, I've never been a like huge on like super jealous person. I wouldn't say I am. Um, and once again, I didn't think he actually did anything. It was more like, well, if you're going to call me out on this shit, I'm going to call you out too, kind of thing. And I think that was like the first time that we had an argument about that. Yeah, I do remember this. And and I, my biggest, the reason why it was like really saying, hey, this is okay is because um, I was never in a relationship with her. It was more of a sexual thing. And so, yeah, but I get now that Giselle says all that and I look back at it, it definitely... I, I see where she's coming from, but I was very defensive because of that. I'm like, I've never been in a relationship with this, with her. And I was, I was stuck on being right in that sense, but I digress on that. Yeah. And then while we were in Afghanistan, there was a older man who, I don't remember how I met him, why we started talking. And I think it's... I really don't remember how this all started, but I know that at one point he he said, hey, you know, like, I have some alcohol. Do you want to come over to my room to drink? And I honestly didn't have any intentions of doing anything with this man. Like, he reminded me of, like, a dad figure. Like, he was way older than me, was not attractive. I wanted nothing to do with him. But at the time, like, I was very stressed out over there. And I was like, you know what? Drinking sounds great right now. And I was like, sure. And I went over to his room and we had some shots. And the moment he touched my hand, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. And I left. But when I come out and I look at my phone, like I have a bunch of angry text messages from Alex and phone calls. And 
he finally like finds me and you know he's like really mad and he's like I've been looking for you everywhere like where the fuck have you been and I had ignored him that night because I don't I don't know if you remember more but like I think he knew that I was talking to this guy and I was gonna end up over there or something and I ended up ignoring him because I'm like you're like up my ass like leave me alone so the um yeah, I did know. We we talked a little bit about it, and I was like, "You're not gonna go, right?" And she's like, I, "I don't know. I don't think so." And that night, I had the late watch uh, at the tower, and so she was like, "I'm probably just gonna do my laundry and and go to sleep." And so I was like, "Okay," and then I'm I'm gonna go to sleep. And I don't know why I woke up, um, but I woke up and. I went to go just talk, like talk to her. We lived right across the hall and she wasn't there. And I, you know, started texting her and I felt like I knew she, I, I felt like she had went and yeah, I let, you know, my insecurity, a lot of the stories that I created in my head, I let that get to me. And so I was sending texts and like, Hey, what the hell? Like, where are you at? And I went, there was this deck on the far end of our, of our barracks we were on the second floor there's this deck area and i just sat there and i was like so frustrated and i started to like tear up and cry to, and, and i was just like why am i why am i here again like I, I i went i kept i kept saying like why am i here i got back to this place and as i was sitting there i, I saw her walk out of the door the guy's room and and i just like so much anger and consumed me and very not beneficial for me at that moment like when i say at that moment i went right back to every other spot that i was i thought she you know i thought she cheated i thought she fucked him i thought she you know i, I created that story yeah and i remember it took like he never believed me even like years later he would keep asking like did you really not do anything with that guy and i'm like do you really think that it's something with him? But he honestly, like, all he did, like, the moment he put his hand on my hand, I was like, peace, that's my sign to get the fuck out of here. And I left. Um, but I think that was, like, our first big fight about that. Um, and I, like, I recognized it was a very, like, unhealthy dynamic. And at the same time, I was just like, oh, you know, like, this is how relationships are. Like, this is what happens. Like, people are jealous of each other. And, you know, you argue and you fight and then you kiss and make up and it's all fine. Um, so anyhow, that I think that was all that happened that first year there. And then I got back to the States from Afghanistan. And I remember I started hanging out with old friends um, and he had a big issue with that. Like some of them were male friends. Nothing ever happened, but he never believed me about those things and it was like this constant thing of me like having to like explain myself and constantly like I'm not I'm not doing anything I'm not doing like just because I hang out with a guy doesn't mean I'm fucking him like I'm not doing that um I do remember that I had a really big like the second big issue that I had had was that you stayed the night at a guy's house um well, I don't think you intentionally stayed the night, but you fell asleep. Yeah, I got high. Yeah, that's what it was. I got high, and since I hadn't smoked in a really long time, I passed out and I was tired. But I woke up at like four in the morning, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Okay, I'm going home." But I literally fell asleep on the couch, woke back up, 
and I left. And so, like, I got, like, uh, that really bothered me for a long time. And I didn't know, she she recently opened up about that, but, like, I didn't know, um, I felt like there was something there, too. So, like, those two instances, like, in the early part of our marriage, that was all within the first, not marriage, our relationship. I was in within, like, the first year, like, I mean, really the trust wasn't there like I I I have to I just have to call it what it was is like I wanted to I wanted to feel like the trust was there but like the trust wasn't there yeah and I mean trust for you at that time meant I wasn't allowed to talk to any guys or interact with any other guys yeah without your presence or supervision and I wasn't okay with that because I was like I'm allowed to have male friends and talk to guys which granted I didn't have a healthy relationship with that either at the time um, that's something you know I've, I've heard a lot about now like learn how to be friends with male like most people don't know like it's just natural that you know females and males kind of want to be with each other or get with each other and I'm not saying this is in every single situation but there's always like this place that you reach in certain relationships where people don't know how to like draw the line of this is a friendship I'm not pursuing you kind of thing and I definitely at that time even if I knew a guy was pursuing me like my thought process was well I'm not interested so we can still be friends and you know now I know better like a line has to be drawn or at least those words have to be said so the other party knows that because for a lot of guys they just you know, like for them, it's like, oh, she's still talking to me. Clearly, she's interested. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not always the case. And like I said, I was young, dumb, didn't know this. But as I've gotten older, I realized like some guys do need that to be said out loud. And, you know, it wasn't something I was, I would, I would say that to some guys, like everyone knew we were in a relationship and all of that. Like I, that was very clear but I never said like, I'm not interested in your pursuits. Like I'm here as a friend. Um, but anyhow, I think the next big thing that I remember having an argument was probably when I was around like three or four months pregnant with Grayson. Um, and I think he was drunk. Can't remember. And he, I don't know what we were arguing about. And, you know, he's like, I don't think that's my child. And that's when I was like, okay, fuck this. Like, this has nothing to do with me. And and I told him that. I said, look, I, you know, like all your childhood trauma and all your shit, like, you're not going to put that on me. And I was like, I'm not your mom. Like, I'm not your exes. I'm not whatever it is that's going on inside of you. But I was like, that's not me. Like, if you think this is not your child, then we have no reason to be together. I said, like, we, we can break this off right now. But I, I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not going to live with you blaming me and guilting me every day of my life, telling me that I'm constantly cheating on you. Like, I'm not doing it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, do you remember that? And it, it was uh, it was late at night, too. And uh, we, we were screaming at each other. It was very unhealthy. And, and I, I do remember her saying that. And I also remember like to myself like i don't have that i don't have that trauma like i'm not I'm not i knew i knew that like things in my childhood had happened but i'm like that's not i'm not doing i'm not looking into that i'm not doing that and i, I don't i don't think we like kiss and made up right then but it was more of like a cooling period 
and uh you know like next the next day or you know the next afternoon because i worked in the morning we, we were we were okay and i'm like okay you know like it's like pushing it under the rug like if you don't take care of it, you don't sweep it and you just keep pushing stuff under the rug eventually the rug's not going to be able to carry or cover what you're what you're keeping under it and it's going to flow out and and then it's just a mess at that point and for me i was just pushing everything under the rug and she had she had shown me so much interest she was so so interested in me that i was like oh man this is the one and by no means did i not have any second guesses on that but it now sitting back on it i realized now not only did i feel like she was the one she also is like brought a lot of light to shit that makes me uncomfortable too so yeah and i think a yeah, a bit before that, like shortly after I got back from Afghanistan, I remember because all of this had been going on now for a year and we were having the same arguments. I remember asking him to just open up the relationship. And I was like, if, you know, this is such a big deal, you know, let's just open up the relationship. And then, you know, because in my head, you know, I I knew nothing about open relationships or healthy relationships in general. In my head, I was like, well, if it's an open relationship, then there will be no no arguments about who I talked to. And were you sure it was that early? I yes. It was in Italy when you first. No. I remember having a conversation in our first apartment about this. Okay. And I don't remember. I do. And I remember he was like, no, like that's not like that's not an option. Like we're not doing that. Um and I was like, well, then I guess you're just gonna have to you know, come to terms that I talk to guys and I talk to girls. And because I, I used to tell him all the time, like, be, you know, I've always talked to guys in throughout high school, like rarely had any girlfriends, rarely hung out with the girls. I usually hung out with guys and I usually spoke with guys. And that was just what I was used to. And once again, it comes back to, you know, all the things we hear growing up, like females are just going to screw you over and don't be friends with girls and, and like all these things and I mean I had my sisters and I was like that's enough girls like I don't need more girls in my life so I usually was friends with guys like I had a few girlfriends and things like that but you know even after a few like I don't I didn't have like a best friend throughout my whole entire high school time like I had a friend here and then the next year would be somebody else and then nobody and then towards the end of my high school years I was pretty much to myself and I had a boyfriend and I worked a lot and I was in sports and I just kind of kept to myself after that so yeah so I mean a lot of a lot of uh cracked foundation on my part uh at the very beginning I mean I'm, I'm not taking 100% by any means um but I had a lot of work that I should have been should have I don't want to use the term should. We aware. were unaware. Yeah. That's all of, it was. Yeah. Like it was unawareness on both ends. Like I said, I didn't know what a healthy relationship was either. Um, so I didn't know how to have these conversations. I didn't know where to draw the line, what was right, what was wrong, and how to just talk about it. Yeah. I was and, go ahead. Go ahead. I was big happy wife, happy life at that time. So like I was honestly just trying to please her. Like, okay, there's, there's rift. 
and I would suppress my own feelings. I wouldn't even sit with them. I, like I knew they, they were there and I was angry and it would affect me. And I would, every time she's like, Hey, what's wrong? I'd be like, nothing, nothing. And I would run away from them. And I I would ask her like, Hey, like, how can I help? Like what, what's wrong? Like, how can I be of service? And, and when, when she would tell me I'd close down, cause it's, a, it was about me. I didn't know how to handle that stuff. And it was just like this cycle and, and the happy wife, happy life. I, I was really striving for that. If she wasn't vocalizing what was going on with her, I felt like everything was good. You know, if we were having sex, you know, the food was on the table and, uh, you know, she was, she wasn't like vocalizing what was going on. I felt, I felt like everything was good. Yeah. And, I, you know, kind of jumping forward to recently, that was why I wanted a separation because I realized for Alex and maybe a lot of men, it's like if they're having sexual relationship with you, if you're still taking care of their needs, everything's fine. Like even though everything's a shit and everything's mess, like everything's fine in their head. And that's why I was like, there has to be that clear separation of like, look, things are not fine and we need to work on this. Um, and it doesn't have to mean that it leads to divorce, but it, it's just drawing the line of like, this is enough, this is a boundary. And we cannot keep doing this if things are not okay and we need to work on them. So I'm going to fast forward and then we're kind of going to jump back in the timeline. Um, so this was what, 2022? Yeah. So last year, last summer, it was in the summer. Mm. I think so. Are we talking about August 4th? I don't know what we're no, talking about. I'm not talking about that. But anyways, so after Alex started doing the work and stuff, I, I started considering opening up about a lot of things that I did throughout our marriage that I never told him. And part of that reason being in the past, anytime I was like, oh, should I tell him this? I knew it would just end up in an argument. Like we were just going to argue and we weren't really going to solve anything. So I never told him anything. And I'll get into the details of what. So as he's, you know, in his men's group and he's doing the work and now, you know, he's, he knows many men's stories and things like that. Um, I started considering, you know, telling him these things. And I remember one day, I, I, I don't know what it was, or I, I, I honestly, I, I don't remember if we were having a conversation, if I just called you over or what, but we were already living in the RV. And I said, you know, like, I have some things I want to tell you. And he's like, what? And part of me felt guilty because I felt like I made him feel crazy a lot of times or, you know, like I was doing something and I would lie to him and I'd be like, you know, you're just making a big deal out of this. Like nothing's happening kind of thing. And, you know, after we got back together from the separation, like my thought process is like, if this relationship is going to work, if we're going to build a solid foundation, it has to be built on trust and honesty and everything has to come out now. Like there's no point in holding on to these lies and things for another decade. So with kind of that thought process in mind, I called him over one day and I said, you know, like I have some things I, I have to tell you. And it was like, I, I had been talking to this guy that I met when I was like in boot camp when I was like 19 years old. 
and I had been talking to him off and on throughout the years we never did anything like we never even kissed like nothing physically ever happened but we liked each other back in the day in boot camp and so during my time in uh it wasn't even boot camp it was AIT oh yeah it was the training after my boot camp I had an interest in this guy and I liked him but nothing ever happened because he was like super Christian like he wouldn't even like kiss a girl nothing all this stuff but throughout the years we stayed in contact and mostly because I just wanted to know like his whereabouts like how his life was going and whatnot but as you know, time went on and we were having a lot of issues, like that turned into the person that I would talk to a lot about these things. And he just made me feel better about everything that was going on. And, you know, and basically like it it became to be more like a deeper emotional attachment kind of thing. And you know, I would talk to him off and on throughout the years. It was never like consistent. But he would sometimes like see the messages or emails and things like that. And I would always like, oh, no, like nothing's going on. Like, I'm not talking to that guy or whatever the case may be. And I remember it wasn't until Italy that I was like, you know, you you just don't get how I talk to him. Like, I can never talk to you like that. And he was like, well, I'm going to try. Like, I'm going to be that for you. And he's like, watch, I'm going to be able to have these conversations with you. And I remember like the next day he's like forcing but we were in Italy and I remember the next day he tried to have one of these conversations with me and it was you know I was really getting into like spirituality and what that meant for me and a lot of the conversations that I would have with this guy were about that so he used to be Christian and then he converted to um Jewish so it was, you know, conversations about like, how do you get there? Like things about reincarnation and like all these other things. And whenever I try to like talk to Alex about this, the, his replies were always like, oh yeah, uh-huh. Hmm. Like there was never a conversation. So I was like, you see, like, I can't have these conversations with you because you don't even get this stuff. That was like one of the main reasons why I would even talk with this guy and reach out. And almost always it was during like a low point for us when we were like arguing or we weren't on good terms. Like that was where I would go and reach out and just talk to this guy. And, you know, at, at times it was inappropriate. Like we were crossing boundaries. It wasn't just... um you know like an emotional thing like he would tell me that he desired me and I would say the same to him and all these things and later on we ended up meeting up like three times but it was always in public um we were and by then I had kids so sometimes I even had my kids with me like it was never in public but we met up I think twice after like years later um so I I told some of this to Alex, but I didn't tell him everything. There had been other things that had happened in the past when we still lived in California and I was in the army and I would go away for drill on weekends. And I, at that moment, I remember thinking like, I can only say so much. I like let him process that before I say more. So you know, at the time he asked me like, oh, is there more? And I was like, no. I yeah, wanna... yeah, I'll take over for a minute if you're like dying over there. Uh, yeah, 
I'm the guy that she had uh, met in A school or AIT and, and that relationship that was really and still is like a, a subject I realized that there's some there's things like anger and, and sadness that come up uh, as I listen but uh but it but I also go back to those times and I and I, I sit there and, and I and I see that my like I, I didn't I didn't know how to connect deeper. Like I wanted to, I really did. You know, I think that's a big, when I think about this now is like integrity and like your, your thoughts matching your words and your words matching your actions. And like my thoughts and my, my words were somewhat aligned because my thoughts were like, I need to do this to keep my wife. I wasn't doing it for myself. Like it wasn't like, Oh, I need to do Like, I want to do this for myself. It's like, I want to keep my wife. And I would say it and then like I would feel I'd start to feel it like I do want to do this I want to be able to have these deeper conversations I didn't know how I didn't know what that looked like and like when I I went like the textbook approach you know I remember that conversation where she would she started to say like hey you know like I, I'm talking to this guy you know after I saw the messages like I'm talking to this guy because I, I can have these conversations with him I can't have these conversations with you and I'm like yeah but you're you're crossing the boundary with like all the everything else that you, that, you know like the, the sexual comments and things of that nature like you're crossing the boundary and and i couldn't like i i couldn't see the deepening message of this all like i i, I couldn't i didn't see that she just wanted to be able to connect deeper she wanted to be able to open up i was very reactive very reactive at that point in our in our relationship i was we were in italy and uh, a lot of how i was handling that was i was working I was making work for myself and I was staying at work, running away from this. I was running away from, from her. I was running away from the kids. And the reason why I know this is because I was in a, 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 my, the job I was at, we taught the, we taught four times a year and I was trying to teach double that triple that. And, and I was heavily involved in the base and doing things and he also could make his own work schedule i could make my own work schedule he would work super late for no reason <laughs> and 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 a lot of times and i've told just this in the past is like i'd be sitting in the office i just sit in the office yeah and and dreading to come home but not knowing why i'm dreading to come home because she, she you know she cooked she cleaned she took care of the kids like what I perceived as perfect was perfect, except that I didn't want to go back to reality with that. And this this back and forth conversation with with this gentleman, it it really it was like I started to feel the the trust thing come back up from early on in our relationship, and and the other points, uh, you know, other the other situation that we talked about, those two were like really big lingering in my my it took a lot of space up in my my head and when when she was doing this i'm like she's she had to be doing that like she had to have had sex with that guy she had to had sex with the guy that she stayed the night at his house like i started to create these stories and it was it was making more resentment and you know there's many times where i felt like she was asking for too much like she she was asking for too much of me and, and I don't want to, I don't want to be present for that. Yeah. And then, uh, 
think it was like a couple of weeks after that, not even maybe a week or two. I was like, you know, when you asked me, there was more. I said there is more. You're talking about last year, twenty twenty two. I was like, there is more that I have to tell you, and I was like, you know, I I want to tell you everything now because I I just want to get it out. And you know, he had asked me like, why are you telling me this now? And and the first time, and I had told him like, I couldn't have this conversation with you without us yelling and screaming at each other a few years ago. I was like, but now we're at a place like we can have this conversation. So the second time I told him everything. And like when I was in, when I was still in the army and the reserves and we would go out on weekends, like there was times that I went out dancing with the guys and, you know, I danced inappropriately. Like, you know, I got to the point of like almost making out with a guy, but I never did. Like I backed off and I was like, no, like, I don't want to do this. And I don't know, like something inside of me, I knew who Alex was and part of me it was like this innocence to him like I could almost see like he didn't even know what was going on and I was like if I do this like I'm gonna cross that line and there's no coming back from it like I'm gonna break him essentially and I was like I I don't want to be the person to break him in that way um so there was always a part of me like I truly did care and love him and I didn't want to hurt him in that way but there was like the part of me that was hurting that ached for that connection with other people. And I kept searching for it, but I knew, you know, at the same time, like it wasn't necessarily the answer. Like in that moment, Oh yeah, it feels good. And you're like, this is exactly what I need. And then there was like the other side, you know, like the other voice in my head, like this isn't the answer. Like this isn't going to fix your problems. Like things aren't going to be better tomorrow if you do this. So because of that, I never went through with anything, you know, like I would talk to these guys or, you know, go out and dance and this and that, but I, I never did anything with any of them. So I told him about all of that. There had been another incident with another guy that I was talking to too, told him about that. And, you know, it was, that was kind of like the start of unlayering this relationship trauma because this happened you know, with both of us after we had gotten together and like slowly peeling back the layer to see what was the true core issue. Like we knew there was a lack of connection, but there was other things there too. Like, why did I continue doing this, you know, throughout the years? And I think it was a few weeks after that, that, you know, there was a huge breakthrough for us and like the truth was revealed and it was because we slowly were like taking steps in the right direction of what this all meant for us, for our relationship and for each other as individuals. Yeah. I remember it's crazy. I actually remember specific dates, May 5th uh, of 2022. We were here in this current campground that we're at a few, few rows all the way, you know, to the back and uh the kids had her phone and they had opened something and i saw messages or i saw this phone number and i'm like who who is this so i started messaging this person because i still had you know like uh even until may you know like we made a lot of breakthroughs uh it you know from November of two, two or October of 2021, like yeah, we made progress, but 
you know, I, I did feel like there was still like some trust for myself. Like I had to, I had to figure out why I was still having some trust issues. And, and, and now that I look back at, cause she didn't open up. She wasn't like fully open, lean forward uh, at that moment. And I knew that if I needed to, if we were going to take a step in our relationship, we had to clear the past. Like we had to get in front of the past. And so I see these, see this app. It's a wire app. It's a, you know, I Google what it is. Cause you know, like a, I don't have no clue what it is. And it's like, you can, it's a hide private chat um, app. And so I'm sending this person messages and they're like, oh yeah, I'm in Brooklyn and all this other stuff. And I'm, I say, Hey, give me a call. And, uh, and, and nothing. And I said, like, my husband's not around. Give me a call. I was acting like her. Long story short, he never told me, the person never told me who they were, um, but I was, it was taking too much space in my fucking head. Like one thing that I look back on, I had so much space in my head around insecurity and around what she was doing and checking her phone often, even when she wouldn't know and, uh, and finding these things. And, you know, like I'm not to like pull it back even further, but like this, this was the same guy that I've talked about many times of like seeing, seeing in 2017 of, you know, I found a naked picture of him and I'm like, fuck, why does he keep coming up in my life? Like I'm sitting here with so much anger. Why is he coming up in my life? I don't think he was naked. He was in shorts. Boxers. Yeah. Yeah. I I never got nudes. (laughs) He was in boxers and 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 uh and so i'm like so angry at this time and and so she she was she was like a little frustrated but she, at this time in may she was a little frustrated but she was like it's this person and i'm like I, and by now like i wasn't having the same conversations with him as i was in the past and that's one thing like i you know, like throughout the years, as things were getting better between us, I was like, hey, like, I'm not willing to talk to you like this anymore, anymore. Like, we can talk like, hey, what's up? How's it going? But I was like, I'm not like crossing that line with you. And like, he would still try. But I was like, I, I just wouldn't engage. I was like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not crossing that line. And um, so she she told me. And so I at that time, I, I tried to have I, I don't know. I'll have, let her speak on how I showed up in that moment, but I tried to be very calm and be more curious of everything and, and asking why a lot. And I do remember going back and, and it was more of like a point of validation for me. I say validation, but like reaffirmation of, Hey, like, so back in 2017, when this all happened, like, did well, tell me, was that it? And she she she's let some layers out she was like no you know I, I did send pictures too and 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 it fucking punched me in the stomach i remember that was the first test for me and i said like am i gonna allow the progress that we've made that i've made in the the, the last four or five months be be ruined by something that happened almost you know six years ago or five years ago whenever whenever it was and I sat with that like I, that was my sticking point and and then I do remember she she did a let a little bit more out and 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 that was hurting that was hurtful too but it but that was my that was my sticking point was this was all six seven years ago when I wasn't 
wasn't even in that space to be able to provide her the connection. And I'm not, I'm not validating what she did, right? Like what she did was like, no. And, and same for me. Like, I don't think that excuses anyone. Like I knew it was wrong and I still did it. I guess for us, we're having these conversations more to shed light of when these behaviors are happening in relationships. Like there's usually a deeper cause or a deeper reason. So instead of scratching the surface, like really go beneath and see what's really there. You know, like so often you hear people in marriages like, oh, I'm just not, I don't want to have sex with my wife or I don't want to have sex with my husband or I'm just not that interested or things are boring or this. It's it's really a lack of connection, a lack of deepening in the relationship. And it's like, how do you get to those places? And you have to be able to open up fully and be vulnerable and be like all in, all there. And that means them knowing when you're having a bad day at work, them knowing that you don't want to come home and you don't know why, you know, and, and being able to have those conversations without anyone blaming anyone, without anyone feeling bad, without anyone thinking that, you know, it's their fault kind of thing. But like he said, at the time, I don't think either of us could have had those conversations. Like if he came home and he said, you know, I never want to come home and I don't know why I would have been like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. what do you mean by that? Um, I like, there's no way I I would have known how to have that conversation, you know, eight years ago. And I, and I so. want to say that like, yes, some people aren't compatible and divorce yeah. is an option. And I'm not, I'm not saying that divorce is not an option, but it comes down to, and I'm I'm reading a book that Jacil's read, Conscious uh, Fifteen Commitments of Conscious Leadership, and it talks about the word commitment, and it says the way that we use commitment, we use it loosely, and that are you committed to the results? That's the big piece. Are you committed to the results? You can be committed to losing weight, but are you committed to the results? If you're committed to losing weight, are you eating healthy? Are you exercising? Are you doing the things that are showing that the scale's going down? And so for that point, like for, for people that may be experiencing this and just like what we went through, are you committed to doing that work and going deeper with one, with, with your significant other? Because oftentimes it's easier to leave and, and, and oftentimes the best option is to leave by all means. But where I'm going with this is that you have to commit and prioritize doing that. And and we weren't there and we didn't know, we didn't know it. Um, and, and so going back, like when she opened up in May, like there was a little bit there and I, I saw a little growth, but that also triggered a lot of shit internally. And I, and fortunately, like I had a, a men's group that I relied on heavily and I called many men crying and screaming and just like, Hey, can I, can I just get it out? Like, I just need to get it out. And, and I, the the topic at this time right after all that like we had another conversation about monogamy and non-monogamy and that was like punched me in the stomach and she was like this is a big reason why i wanted to open up the relationship is because you you know like it's unrealistic of you um like me not being able to talk to any man and I, and that was the first time where i was able to say you know my boundary of that was pretty is pretty unhealthy it's based off of unhealthy uh, fear and it's based off of, um, of, of trauma and, and boundaries, healthy boundaries or boundaries that can be flexible boundaries that when, um, you know, like for me, as I've been able to do this work, pull down, pull back, like I can start to trust, give that opportunity, you know, and to, for, for her to get closer. And so in May, when that happened, 
she did let some things out and I did ask, is there more? And she was like, no. And so when this came back up in the end of July, early August, um, and, and she started saying more, I, I can tell you that I remember once again, we're on the bed, the couch, the dinette that we're on, the, the, it was a bed and we're in Colorado. She says, Hey, I need to, I need to talk to you. I need to tell you some stuff. And I honestly thought she was going to like the worst of it. I, I thought the worst of it. And when she had told me just more in depth, a little bit like, Hey, I met this guy multiple times in person and this, 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 um, I think I said, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> because I had already created this story that like, it was, He's like, so you didn't fuck anybody. I'm like, no. And, and like I said, there's a lot of hurt that, that I, I felt and still process and still understand, um, about the, the things that she's done. But like, I'm by no means am I saying, you know, like for some people, like the emotional connection piece is bigger than the physical. And um, so go, so where I'm going with that is that like, I was, I just was like, that's it. And I, I did have questions at that moment. I didn't, I didn't have them formulated in my head and she, and she allowed me the opportunity to, to ask her questions the following few days. And I would get emotional. Like I remember a couple of times asking her, Hey, like, what about this? And what about that? Um, and what I realized at that moment was doing this work, when you suppress something, it comes out sideways. And I was suppressing a lot of things for her. Like I was trying to control a lot of things for her. And then I was also suppressing a lot of shit myself. And they were coming out sideways for these bids of connection. And I didn't, I didn't know that. I mean, and I could speak for myself, like growing up, I don't think we knew of any real healthy relationships. Like my dad cheated on my mom for years and I have memories of that and like them arguing us going out in the middle of the night to see, you know, like find him, like all this stuff. Um, in my culture, like my parents are Dominican and Dominican culture, like the machismo and the men cheating, the men having, you know, three, four baby mamas, like it's just, it's very common. And in high school, you know, like this stuff happened too all the time. Um, the only other like serious boyfriend I had during high school, like we both cheated on each other all the time. And it's like, I, I didn't really have like, this is what a healthy relationship looks like, you know, like this is what love looks like. So there was also like that part of me where I knew it was wrong and I knew it was right. But in my head, I was like, does that even exist? You know, and for a long time, I didn't think it did. <laughs> you know, for a long time, I was like, that doesn't really exist. People aren't really like that. Uh, and it took me, you know, like leaving where I grew up and experiencing other parts of the world and seeing other relationships and other people and like, oh, this does exist. Like, this is possible. So there's also like that whole programming, having to shed those layers of this is all I've known my whole life that, you know, you come together in a relationship, not knowing what's true baseline. So you, you start building on the foundation you've had your whole life. So it was, it was really us breaking down the foundations we had as kids, as, you know, young adults in our dating world and 
everything in it and again it's not that you don't know wrong from right it's almost like you don't even know what right looks like or how to do it so yeah and there's this big expectation that we do like everyone you know like yeah like when we know what we're doing and when we there's not this normal is it there was not this normalization of like talking about it like and even like it goes into sexual encounters is like what does real sex look like and uh, that was a big piece what was keeping me uh attached for a long time was that we were still having sex and my thought of sex was like she comes and i come we're good like and so that was like my biggest thing was like it and it wasn't even like a connected connecting um you know it wasn't a connecting sexual experience it was more of like okay this is how i know that she can get off let me just do that and and then let me get off and then we're good and i felt like the relationship was good and and then as these layers had shed we hit a whole different piece like sexually like things like that we've never experienced in our relationship um that i never experienced in my sexual relationships i don't know if like i can't speak on her but like it took a different it went a level deeper and i'm like holy shit this is what i've been looking for this has been what i've been wanting and the funny thing is it's it's all about being able to just hold the space like i why and and i started to beat myself up a little bit and i had to come back to him and say alex you weren't you weren't where you needed like that wasn't your journey you're on the path you're where you need to be with who you're supposed to be and where where you're supposed to be at and so i mean you don't know what you don't know yeah. you can't beat yourself up about what you don't know and so like as is like you know for me and i and this is a big piece and and i've been watching a lot of men lately talk about this and i'm i'm starting to gl- i'm starting to get happy that men are talking about like the shame and things around sex because like a lot of my safety and security was like i'm having sex with her and even though like she was you know like looking outside emotionally i was i was still tied to the fact that we were having sex and we were in italy and um this guy was across the country you know whatever and and so like it was still a fear-based thing right i was i was really driven by that but as we this last year you know unraveling it it just took a different meaning for me like a different level and yeah don't get me wrong like there's times that we still have to have like these quick like you know sex sessions and i know this isn't the topic of it but there is a lot more where we're deeply connecting where we're having these sessions that like i i I, it's just a different level you know what is it what does kim and ami say soul scratching sex like it's a different type of sex and we're not scratching no (laughs) i don't think that's what she says but anyway don't quote him on that i'll delete this off the podcast she does not say it's soul scratching (laughs) i think it's it's like the soul food versus junk food kind of concept but anyhow um but it yeah in august was when things really broke open with us and this was like late at night and i was just laying in bed and we're just talking and mostly i was i was processing my own thoughts and everything that we had that had happened between us out loud with him and i said you know one question because he kept asking me like well why do you want to open the up the relationship and like why did you do all these things and and i kept telling him like it's not 
because I'm physically, you know, attracted to these guys in in a sense. Like, I I think I even told him like I wouldn't even you know like I would never seriously date some of these guys. <laughs> like I just wouldn't. <laughs> like they're not my type, you know that kind of thing. Because he was like, well, you know, he was always like, well, do you want a relationship with them? Like, you want to go fuck them? Like, what is it? And I was like, honestly, it's not even that. Like, I don't even care to touch some of these guys. And I was like, some of them, I don't even think they're that attractive. Like, all this stuff. And um, so I'm sitting there like, why am I doing this? Like, why have I done this? Like, what is it about these guys that keeps me coming back? And I know that the answer wasn't outside of me. The answer was within me. And that's when I started making the connections of like, well, obviously I wanted an emotional connection to you. Like there was that, there was just a lack of, you know, the, because there's a lack of an emotional connection, the physical connection doesn't feel deepening. It's like very surface level. And I was like, I know I wanted to go deeper, but I myself didn't even know how to achieve that. And I'm, and I'm here just like going through my head and, and what I realized is, you know, for a long time time like the first half of our marriage um sex was pretty much about him coming and it felt very like I'm here to get what I want and that's it and like after that turn around go to sleep and good night and and I felt discarded like I felt used like I was just a receptacle like I was there all right he did his thing and done and to me like there was no worse feeling than feeling that and I remember that there was times where I would be like, I don't want to, I don't want to. And there was always like this big pressure of like, but you know, like, come on, yes, you do. And I want to, and I want to. And I remember one instance where I kept saying like, you know, like I really don't want to. And he never physically like forced himself on me, but it was like this pressure of like, this is what happens. Like you're the wife, this is what you do. And I remember that he was he was like doggy style behind me and he like he was like yeah like I and I was just laying there I was like fine I was like whatever and I just laid there and I had like tears coming out my eyes and he had no idea and he literally like finished and leaves um because he used to come home from work a lot um during our first like few years and I remember this was at her first apartment like he came home did that and just left and I'm like what the fuck just happened like you just came home literally to bend me over her bed fuck me and go back to work and it was just like this feeling of being raped you know for a long time but I told him I think that that's a huge part of me looking for for these other guys like what I'm really looking for is a safe connection where I don't feel violated where I don't feel like these guys are crossing a boundary where my no means no and I don't need to say it more than once and that like just blew shit you know open for us because it was a realization that I never had and like I said this happened like early or in our marriage so it hadn't happened in years um, because of a bigger situation that happened that I, I drew the line and I was like okay this is my fucking boundary like I'm not doing this um, but it's almost like part of me forgot that all of that happened so just sitting there going through my thoughts and like asking myself these questions like what is it that I'm looking for in other men like why is it that I keep reaching out to other men why is it that I keep talking to other men you know because I what is it about this and and that was like my realization was I I didn't feel safe in our relationship physically um to just want you yeah 
and I, and and hearing all that it was my it was the first time and I'm I celebrated this with uh, my men's group it was the first time I was able to hold space without being reactive in our relationship I no. I was like you had done it a few times but there was this was yeah like a big topic abortion oh yeah <laughs> was fun too. I guess but it wasn't the first I, maybe time. I didn't see it in that level but like being able to just listen and understand and hear her pain and and I just held it it was uncomfortable and I just breathed through it and and it allowed us to get connect deeper like when you don't allow those things to take up the space like it should it, it was my choice and for the longest time I chose for it to take up space and I was just present for the moment I, I sat there and, and able to like deeply connect and then just things have been like really good ever since and you know like when I say really good like we've been able to live on this we've, we've taken responsibility for our actions we've talked we've you know leaning in with with transparent communication even in the most uncomfortable times and there's still you know there's still that sometimes the you know like we 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 are for me i i last november uh, for a couple months i was very closed off so like it's the awareness being bringing awareness and being able to like oh shit like that's not where i want to be at and shifting so understanding how these this is you know affected our relationship and and i'm i'm very thankful or grateful in listening to her not not only have i had some breakthroughs for myself but like her having break breakthroughs too and not knowing you know she, she, not knowing that that was something that was a layer that was holding you know pushing her not pushing her away but keeping her from reaching her highest self and so it's just been a fun journey on that yeah and you know a big part of that is also i'm not saying that you know people aren't polyamorous or don't want to love many or anything like that but usually when things are happening like that we have to be willing to look within and like really ask ourselves those hard questions like why you know like why is one person not enough or what is it that you're exactly looking for and how could you cultivate that within a marriage or within a relationship because once again, a lot of times if you're just not in awareness of what it is that you need and you're not sitting with your own thoughts and your own needs and wants, it's hard to pinpoint it. Like it took me years to figure out like, oh, this is what I wanted. Like this is what I was missing, you know, this whole time. And even knowing that it's possible, if you don't experience it, how can you even know that it, you know, it's, it's possible. It's like, now I can say like, we have soul connecting mind-blowing sex where you know in the beginning like we're thinking that we're having like amazing sex and it's like yeah not even close um but it's like if you've never experienced that you don't know what that looks like because all you know is porn and whatever you've seen in movies and when you hear your girlfriends talk about then how could you know how much deeper it could be and that connection and i can honestly say like everything ever since things have been good like I've had no urges or wants 
to talk to any other guys in that way or seek out those people or relationships again like there's just been no need no no urge for it and and it took a while you know like even after I told all, him all this like there was times where it would come up for me and I would tell him like and, and this is the part of being like 100% absolutely honest and taking responsibility and keeping those walls down is being able to tell your spouse like hey right now I'm having an urge to talk to another guy or you know like I'm thinking about having sex with other men and I don't know why but I just want you to know that and you know like it's uncomfortable to like well I, I shouldn't have to tell him all my thoughts but I I see those thoughts as the bricks that start building walls in relationships and it's like the more that we keep those bricks we keep taking them down and the wall never builds but if we just keep withholding and withholding and withholding these thoughts then you start building a wall and then you feel like hey why, why is it that like something feels amiss like something doesn't feel right and you don't know what it is it's like well because you've had a thousand thoughts about this and you haven't cared once to tell the person and it's just being able to say like it's a thought I have no intention of acting on it but I want you to know like this thought came up right now and if you're having the thought there's usually a reason for that too so then that gives both of you the space to be like, okay, why did the thought come up for me? And then he can check in with himself. It's like, okay, why would she be having that thought right now? It's like, am I out of integrity with myself right now? Is there something that I need to be working on for me? And we both then would have that conversation and ask ourselves those questions. And maybe, you know, it's just about bringing fun into the relationship maybe he hasn't been dedicating time to himself and like we're doing all his things that make him happy and because you sense his unhappiness or his lack of direction now you know that kind of comes over it's it's that whole your cup his cup the relationship cup yeah so and, and really that's that's what it comes back to is like are you filling your own cup your own happiness is he doing the same so now you're both able to do that within the relationship so once again like the honesty part and just that candor of sharing all your thoughts sharing all your feelings sharing all your emotions whether they seem weird or hard or difficult it, it is what keeps the relationship flowing like that's what keeps things flowing it's like think of once again think about it as a wall as a river it's like you can stack the stones and make the water flow stop or you can keep moving them so the water keeps flowing and everything keeps moving and, and everything feels great. Yeah. And, and I, I do know that like your thoughts previously, when you would have these thoughts, I didn't, I didn't understand that it was just thoughts. I yeah. thought that they were action like that she wanted to. And so oftentimes I was very, like, as soon as she said, I get reactive. I yeah. Cause down. I mean, there was times I tried to have these conversations with him and yeah. it was just like not happening. And I'm like, okay, so I can't tell you what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, because it's like, I did it. Like yeah. I committed the crime and I was like, I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm having yeah. a thought. Um, and, and like, just a quick, like little fact, you know, they say everyone has, you know, and this topic has nothing to do with it. But the point here is like, everyone has like suicidal thoughts. They're like every single person. They're like, if you're standing on the top of the bridge looking down and this was from the Andrew Huberman podcast that yeah. I heard it on. He's like, everyone's going to have that thought of, should I jump? And he's like, there's nothing wrong with having these thoughts. It's a matter of 
are you going to act on it? Are you going to jump? And that's when you know that obviously there's a problem. And that's my point here is like you having the thought of, I saw a guy who looked very attractive, you know, and I kind of want to talk to him or I want to have sex with him or I want to make out with him. It's like, it's just a thought. Now, if you go and act on it, then you know, there's something deeper, but being able to say that to your spouse without, you know, it causing an uproar is how you keep shit open. And by no means am I like having thoughts of having sex with guys that I see on the street, but it's, you know, if you are, it's a start. It's where you can open up that door to step start having these conversations and, and start with small stuff like it could just be like hey when you know you walked in the room I had a thought of this like hey when you didn't do this like this was my thought and just having these small conversations and slowly then the bigger stuff will start coming out yeah. I think the like I want to throw this in there because this was a big piece too I don't remember exact timeline but when I, I started understanding that the masculine and feminine essence piece and how that played into things, like a lot of times, um, specifically on the, on the, on the male side is like when, when you're in the room with a very attractive woman or, you, you know, um, this, this deep feminine essence, like, you're like, damn, like I, I, you're having these thoughts and you're objectifying. Cause that's what we're conditioned as. But what the, what the piece that it really like opened my eyes was like, holy crap being able to take that energy that essence that, that this the feminine is providing and use that as a create creative aspect and bring it in into your body because i mean i i can't speak for her but like there's been times where i've come in i come in contact with these women and i'm like holy crap she's fine like i feel that i feel like my heart fluttering a little bit and i and as i read a book by um david dita i realized that that's the masculine and feminine the energy polarities, the polarity yeah. piece and that that it's not we don't just receive that you know you get married and like that's the only person you can receive it from you receive that from everybody but oftentimes we mistake that mistake for, that for sexual yeah. connection and and so we just want to you know that's how we have been conditioned to like oh yep it's time to to have sex and 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 understand that this is literally ingrained in us from our animalistic brain of that you know attraction and make babies kind of thing like it goes back to our animal brains of a woman walks in and she looks good your penis is like i must make a baby so once again like don't feel bad that this is happening but be in awareness of no. why it's happening and then you can check back in and say okay i i don't need to make a baby right now like calm down yeah well i mean I, <laughs> you know yeah i, I say all that too i don't need like, to reproduce because i was like objectifying women yeah and like even you like i was objectifying you and it was more of just like i see this let me take a bite out of it but i was yeah. taking the humanistic factor out of it and and the deeply connecting and that's how i lived for for a majority of our relationship was like just let me objectify like and, and because I was watching a lot of porn, like this is how there's the this is how the sexual yeah, and, experience. And if you still be. watch porn, you're ruining all your relationships, like all of them, because you're essentially brainwashing yourself to think that that is what relationships look like. And I don't care if you're like, well, I don't really think it's like that, but your brain really thinks it it's like that. So yeah. you need to stop. <laughs> so I uh just to close that loop like yeah it's like you're programming yourself like watching and and oftentimes a lot when i ask men that i work with 
or have conversations with and we talk about like experiences and then i'm like are you watching porn yeah and i'm like oh yeah if you feel like you lack intimacy like you've never been super close to a woman or a man like there's something missing that you want to go a deeper level and you are a avid user of porn or even an occasional user of porn that is probably one of your huge pivotal points is to stop and you will realize that over time you will learn how to cultivate that intimacy and that relationship and those things that you're looking for but if you're still attached to it and you don't let it go you're not going to get to the other side of what you want yeah and uh i just want to go back to the understanding the thoughts that come up right like we can we have a we always have a choice but like being able to be curious on how we like why is this coming up and how can i learn from this and um a big piece of like my sexual like i've always i don't want to say high libido but i've always been like craving sex and i was using that as a coping mechanism for connection for attachment and understanding that like and, and i'm not i'm not shaming that by any means but just bringing that into my awareness and when i am asking hey like can we have sex or can we have quickie or whatever the case may be and i'm doing that often like where am i not meeting myself and and it's been a good indicator for me in that sense because when i'm not meeting like when i've felt empty inside even you know in, in the last year i'm not being able to show up the way i want to with her and and even our sexual experiences are not as spicy as they i say spicy but not as like intense as like passionate passionate there we go thanks um as, as like other experiences and, and i've also come to realize that every sexual experience is a different experience like not to compare so like even you know, like the passionate sex that we have had and you know a couple of days ago maybe completely you know it's going to be different than today or tomorrow and yes i'm speaking that into existence so <laughs> if you stuck fun. around this long thanks i feel like alex is just rambling now so <laughs> yeah I, I, let me close with this this there's a lot of sharing on her i did a lot of flirting i crossed i crossed a lot of boundaries uh, oftentimes i would i was getting my validation and my um what i was missing from my success in the navy and early on in our relationship where the, a lot of the problems were, I was flirting a lot with women. I crossed boundaries and she, and she, you know, mentioned it to me oftentimes. So I don't want this to be like a podcast, just, just sales airing her laundry. It's not that any means. Uh, I mean, I am. Yeah. That's okay. I'd rather air my laundry than hide it. And so, <laughs> you know, there was times where I've, I've uh, crossed boundaries too. And I'm just, I come back to this time, I'm very grateful that we are able to learn from these experiences, sit with each other, have these uncomfortable conversations and move forward. Yeah. On to the future. And I did have a lot of hesitation on this topic before we, I've been running from this topic for a few weeks. Just want to say that on I was running from it a few weeks ago, but after last week's podcast, I already had made up my mind that that was going to be this week's podcast. And that's why I didn't say anything this morning, because I wanted to see what you were going to choose to be the topic. And I was trying to run away from it again. But I was already convinced. I was like, this is today's topic. 
And why were you trying to run away from it? At first? Yeah. I mean, it's just uncomfortable to talk about, but honestly, like part of me now is like, that's not who I am. And I'm not going to let that define me. So, and I'm not going to get scared that other people are going to define me for this either. Like, if you really know me, that you know, that's not who yeah. I am. And we all have some dirty shit hiding somewhere. So yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm perfect. And whoever tries to do that, I'm just going to be like, that's okay. I, uh, you'll find your dirt someday the beginning the reason why i was running from it i was creating and this is just great as i was creating a story that there was going to be something else that came out and i was scared like what i'm just i'm, just, I'm telling you the story i created like i would hear, like that i did something yeah like another experience oh, that, and i'm like oh my jesus christ but no this morning, no i really told you everything well, last I'm, year well i'm saying this morning when i sat there and i looked at it i'm like well i've been running from it long enough there's nothing to run from it's like it's I mean, just i can't have a kid that you don't know about <laughs> they all look like you i i did make a joke and just still got very sensitive on this one but i made a joke a long time ago that like i couldn't even deny the kids because of the toes and the fact that i would say something like that which is okay i'm rambling now thank yes. you for uh, listening and uh we'll see you next time bye